What is up, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of the Snaggle Show. I am, of course, your host, Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J. I want to thank you all for subscribing to the podcast and listening with your ear holes each and every week. It's been a lot of fun to do it. Uh, and this episode today will be no different. This special episode releasing on this glorious WrestleMania 35 Sunday is called My Dream WrestleMania. So the idea, it, it was an article that was posted, uh, I think, three or four years ago now. So the idea is quite simple. I need to build, or I will build, a nine-match WrestleMania card using matches that have actually occurred at WrestleMania. Um, you need to have a WWE title match, a tag team title match, a women's title match, an intercontinental title match, a U.S. title, um, and you cannot use the same superstar more than once. So, for example, I can't have, um, you know, Bret Hart, you know, in a tag team title match and then have him wrestling in a singles match, or we can't use um, Edge from an Edge and Christian era and then use him in, like, one of his, one of his great singles WrestleMania matches. That just, just doesn't work. Um, so you can only use every superstar once. And the idea is to build what would be an amazing WrestleMania show. Uh I did a YouTube video on this a few years ago. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun because I like going back and looking at, you know, earlier WrestleManias. I mean, I was I've been a wrestling fan since, you know, probably like a little more hardcore starting about WrestleMania six onward. But I mean, I've watched every WrestleMania, uh, one through thirty four, thirty five will be no exception. So this is a lot of fun for me to go back. Um, and take a look. Now, listen, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Um, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, twitter.com slash snagglej, or jump into the Discord, discord.snaggle.club. Um, come join the conversation. I would love to hear what you guys think about uh, the matches I am going to unveil, um, and, of course, any matches that you guys think um, should be on here. This is tough. To build a nine-match card with all the belts defended, and it makes sense and not use the same guy twice. So let's jump right in with our opening match, which would be Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Probably still to this day the best opening match in the history of WrestleMania. Um, again, it it was just such a great match I think they went like 22 or 23 minutes which was crazy considering that Bret Hart was scheduled to wrestle Yokozuna for the WWF championship later in the show which he did win um, but this match added to the story because Owen picked up a victory against Bret in the first match I mean it, it was the first time Bret and Owen had wrestled in a televised match uh, the match was going back and forth and back and forth um, you could tell that, that these guys, you know, obviously being brothers, they worked very, very well, um, together, you know, Owen eventually locked in a camel clutch and there was some suplexes through tombstone in there. Um, Brett jumped to the outside and landed awkwardly and then, you know, was, was kayfabing an injury. Um, there was a figure for her leg lock involved. Um, it was, it was a great 
back and forth match. In the, in the end, Brett tried to uh, pick up a roll up. Owen blocks it, pins Brett one, two, three. And this all comes full circle. I think that's what makes the match so good is not only was the match itself amazing on its own merits, but it came full circle because at the end of the night, when, you know, a bunch of talent is celebrating in the ring with Brett, he just won the world title. Owen is standing, staring, thinking, hey, I beat you, like, in the last three hours. So, like, it became this this well-rounded story that was told in, in the span of, of three hours that it just, you know, that match would be a great way to kick off any show. So opening match, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Our second match, now this is where I started to get into a lot of, of difficulty because I really wanted to include a Money in the Bank ladder match, which historically... Um, they always occurred at WrestleMania. Now we know Money in the Bank has its own pay-per-view. Uh, it has for a handful of years now. But there's been some really great Money in the Bank ladder matches. And the one I wanted to pick meant I would have had to pick a different U.S. title match. So I went back and forth and back and forth. So what I settled on was the Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 24 which featured Chris Jericho, Mr. Kennedy, Carlito, CM Punk, Shelton Benjamin, John Morrison, and Montel Vontavious Porter, better known as MVP. Now, this match was kind of clouded in some turmoil in the lead-up. Jeff Hardy was supposed to be in the match, was suspended um, due to a wellness policy violation. Um, and I was kind of surprised to go back and watch this match because it was only like 15 and a half minutes long. I thought for sure this was a was a 30 minute um, 30 minute match or more, but it turns out it was only like 15, 30 or something like that, which was insane to me. Uh, but it was a really good match. It was packed with a lot of action. I always loved John Morrison. Uh, I feel like John Morrison may be, uh, you know, whatever the heck, Johnny Mundo, you know, Johnny Impact, whatever the heck he's going by these days. I always felt like John Morrison was underrated. I felt like he really could have. I feel like John Morrison was kind of like Kobe Kingston before Kobe Kingston. And I know they kind of wrestled at the same time. But I don't feel like WWE really appreciated how good John Morrison was in the ring. Uh, and then you had him in this match with someone like Jericho who ha had been around, you know, at this point. This is WrestleMania 24, so it's 2008. So Jericho had been in WWE for 10 years already. Um, and, you know, you had Mr. Kennedy who was kind of on the come up at that time. Um, you had Carlito who kind of seemed a bit of a tweener. They weren't really sure what to do with him. You had Shelton Benjamin who was a veteran at this point. You had MVP who was just kind of there. And... You know, the, the backstage rumblings at the time was that Jeff Hardy was going to win this match. Well, that didn't end up happening. Um, but some great spots. Uh, there was the code breaker with the ladder um, from Jericho on CM Punk. Uh, and then they fight at the top of the ladder. Uh, and then Punk traps one of his legs in the ladder. But CM Punk ends up winning, uh, winning the Money in the Bank briefcase, which I think was way over. The crowd loved it. But it was kind of a surprise because you never really got that that feeling that, you know, that CM Punk was going to win this match. Um, obviously, you know, with Jeff Hardy not being in it, they kind of had to change the way they were going. But it was a great action-packed match. It was fantastic. 
Um, so second match is the Money in the Bank ladder match, WrestleMania 24, with CM Punk picking up the win and the Money in the Bank briefcase. Next up, we have John Cena versus The Big Show from WrestleMania 20 for the United States title. Now, this is where I wanted to use Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens from WrestleMania 33, which I felt like was a better match, was a better story, but that would have meant I would have had to use a different Money in the Bank ladder match. And again, this is the, 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 the whole part of this challenge is you're trying to build the best card, and I feel like... If you put a different Money in the Bank match and use Jericho Owens, it is a lesser card than if you use the Jericho WrestleMania 24 ladder match and this John Cena Big Show match, um, which obviously is most known for... John Cena was a heel again at this time. Uh, this was his first WrestleMania match. I believe WrestleMania 20 was at Safeco Field in Seattle. No, it was at Madison Square Garden. Um, I don't know why I thought it was a Safeco field. Maybe that was the next one at Safeco. Um, but this is where he delivered uh, at the time, called an FU twice to the big show. Um, Cena had brass knucks. I mean, he was Cena was a great heel. His gimmick at this time, the whole freestyle rapper kind of heelish gimmick was great. Um, the match itself wasn't fantastic, but again, th that huge spot of Cena picking up the big show, delivering the FU, uh, not once, but twice, uh, is just a great, you know, again, it gets that great pop out of the crowd, regardless of face or heel, it gets that, that huge pop. And then after something like the money in the bank ladder match, having this match where, you know, it's only nine and a half, 10 minutes, uh, is a great way to kind of, you know, Keep the crowd in it, but at the same time, give them a little bit of a lower pace uh, match. So John Cena versus Big Show WrestleMania 20 um, is our United States title match and our third match on the card. Now, next up is a match that I don't think anybody can debate should be on anyone's dream WrestleMania list. And that is Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys, TLC2 from WrestleMania 17. Um, by far the greatest tag team match in the history of WrestleMania. By far the best TLC match in the history of WrestleMania. Um, the, the jury's out on whether or not this match eclipsed the first TLC match that these three had. I think it does. I think um, mainly because the first Triple Threat TLC match was a learning experience. Kind of like how if you go back and you watch um, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship from, uh, was it WrestleMania 9 or 10? 10. 10. Um, you go back and watch that. You know, the... You could tell that they had some things worked out, but again, it was the first ladder match they'd ever had. So, you know, there were some improvements made. They found out different ways to utilize the ladder, different ways to have big spots and do it safely. And I think with TLC2, I think you see that they, they were able to up the ante because they had that experience of having the first TLC match. So the tag team titles were on the line here. Obviously, you had the outside interference. You had Spike Dudley. You had Rhino. You had Lita. So every team had a, a quote-unquote manager. Um, some absolutely ridiculous spots. The Jeff Hardy double table swanton. Um, you know, you had Jeff hanging on the belts. 
uh, with the ladder pulled away, and then he was hanging in the air, and then the edge jumping spear, which is still uh, one of the most iconic spots in WrestleMania history. I mean, you can just, anyone who was a fan of wrestling at that time, and again, WrestleMania 17 is kind of the, the height of, you know, the Attitude Era at this point. But you look back, you know, 18 years later and you see, you can still see, you know, Jeff Hardy dangling on the belts and Edge hitting him with that spear, uh, which was just absolutely insane. Um, but Edge and Christian end up picking up the win with a Rhino assist. Um, again, just an absolutely chaotic uh, match that took years off of these guys' careers. Uh, but it, you know, these three teams were still able to tell a story, you know, with the interference and their history together, um, and that's kind of what you know when you have these these carnage-filled matches and you're still able to tell a story. That what that's what makes it a special, special, special match. So the tag team title match, E and C versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys from WrestleMania 17, uh, is on the card. Next up is our oldest match, and again another match that. Definitely cannot be debated um, that it belongs on a Dream WrestleMania. Um, one of the greatest matches of all time, without a doubt. The Intercontinental title match between Randy Macho Man Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. Um, I don't need to say a whole hell of a lot about this match. If you are a wrestling fan and you've never seen this match, you're not a real wrestling fan. Um... You know, if you are a youngster new to wrestling, and it's go, go back and watch this match. Go to the network, go to WrestleMania three, and watch this match because it is just an absolute clinic on how to wrestle and and fitting in this card nicely between um the carnage that is the E and C. Hardy's Dudley's tag team match, and then turning over to this absolute uh, twenty some whatever it's a master. I think it was, uh, you know, fifteen to twenty minutes somewhere in that range. Uh, but it felt like it was like an hour long. But it's so good. There's so many near falls. And the one thing I always loved about about Ricky Steamboat was when he was in these sort of big match situations. And this is something that I, I, I heard uh, Ric Flair say recently when Ric Flair was talking about the trilogy of matches that he and Ricky Steamboat had in uh, 1989. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was great at making everything look real and urgent. That he, you know, he knew he wasn't the, the better wrestler, he wasn't the stronger guy. Um, so he had to be, be cunning and crafty and, and smart about it. And you could see the urgency in everything he did, always trying to pick up any pinfall he could, a roll up here, a two count there, an elbow drop here with another two count. Um, this match is just an absolute uh, masterpiece from start to finish. You're on the edge of your seat the whole time. And every time there is a cover, you think this could be the end of the match. And you know what? It's kind of funny because... Um, just coming off of NXT, um, Friday night, uh, it's kind of funny because I see a lot of similarities between the, R Ricky, the dragon steamboat and Macho Man from WrestleMania three and Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole 
in their two out of three falls match, especially that last fall. Adam Cole is doing everything he can to put away Johnny Gargano. He's doing everything he can. He's got it under control. Um, You know, he's got everything under control. But he can't get the one, two, three. And that's kind of what this master news. It got to the point where Savage was going to use the ring bell. And then Savage went to go for a scoop slam. Steamboat rolls him up. One, two, three. And the match is over. And again, it it, it just, it, it's still, we're talking about this match three plus decades later uh, as still one of the greatest matches in wrestling history. Not just WWE history, not just WrestleMania history. Wrestling history, period. You can't start a list of greatest matches of all time without considering this match from WrestleMania 3. Um, so the Intercontinental title match, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Ricky the Dragon Seamboat um, from WrestleMania 3 on the list. Next up, we have a match that hits you right in the feels. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair, WrestleMania 24. This was the Ric Flair um, career on the line match. Uh, it wasn't the greatest you know, piece of technical wrestling that you've ever seen. But Flair at this point in his career, you know, who was 59 years old, I believe, at this time. Yeah, 11 years ago. So he'd be 59. 59 to 60 years old at this time. Ric Flair goes 20 minutes with Shawn Michaels at the in this match. And... You know, the lead up to this match, you know, got hostile. These guys were were friends and, you know, there was the old yeller moments uh, during the build and it just, you know, it was intense. It was really intense because you got the feeling that it was real. That wrestling was everything to Ric Flair. My guy, he was the 16 time world champion. He had wrestled for, you know, for three, almost four decades, uh, you know, all over the world in every promotion was a champion everywhere he went, you know, the lavish lifestyle, you know, just, he, he lived wrestling and you got the feeling like this was personal that, you know, Shawn Michaels wanted to put him down, wanted to be the one to put him down. And obviously again, just like the iconic moment from the, you know, the, the TLC tag match with the spear off the ladder, you have the iconic mat, uh, thing in this one where after the second sweet chin music, Michael sets up for a third uh, and he looks across the ring and he mouths, I'm sorry, I love you, as Ric Flair is standing there already in tears telling him to bring it on. Uh, and Shawn Michaels hits the sweet chin music, picks up the one, two, three, immediately gives him a hug, um, rolls out of the ring, gives Flair, you know, that, that moment. Um it's really shitty to me that Flair went on and did that garbage in Impact Wrestling, uh, you know, TNA after this. It really, because I really think Flair should have just called it quits at this point. But, you know, again, money is a, is a terrible thing uh, and it ruins, you know, shit all the time. And I'm sure TNA paid Ric Flair a, a sum that he couldn't refuse to go there and job around to Jay Lethal and, and, and do the stuff that he did there. I think this would have been a, a fitting way. Again, and again, it's the end of his WWE career. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, it was, again, it was not the greatest technical match. Obviously, you know, Flair was well over the hill at this point. 
But a very good match, a very good story, a great moment. You know, Flair got his, you know, embrace with his family afterwards, and he went backstage, and then everything happened on Raw the next night. Um, so, again, just a great story told here. Um, huge fan of Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, so that match definitely makes the card for sure, absolutely no doubt. Uh, so Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels, retirement match, Flair's career on the line from WrestleMania 24. So next up, we're going to hit into what I'm dubbing my dream WrestleMania's triple main event. Uh, so the main event part one is The Undertaker versus Triple H 3 Hell in a Cell from WrestleMania 28. So this was the third time they had wrestled at WrestleMania. Um, the first one was X7. Uh, the last one was the year before at WrestleMania uh, 27 where it was a no-holds-barred match, Undertaker won. So this was kind of, for The Undertaker, this was kind of, of capitalizing on his trilogy against the original members of DX because he had beaten um, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 26 or 25, I can't remember. Then he had beaten Triple H, and then Triple H said he wanted to be the one to end the streak. Uh, Undertaker, um, you know, was just not... I mean, at this point, The Undertaker was kind of gone. And I think he was kind of gone, um, you know, I think he was just kind of, The Undertaker was was beaten and, and battered, and he still is beaten and battered. But the whole story in the lead-up to this was, at WrestleMania 27, they had to take uh, Undertaker out of the arena on an, in an ambulance. He got beat to hell. He won the match, but he, 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 get, he get beat to hell. Um, you know, physically and had to leave the mat, leave the arena in an ambulance. And he said that did not want to be, you know, his lasting legacy. He didn't want to be the guy who won a match and got carted out in an ambulance. So he was willing to give Triple H, uh, what did he say? Another chance at immortality. And, you know, it was, it was interesting. I mean, you kind of got the feeling at this point that, you know, they really, weren't sure what to do with The Undertaker, but you had to keep the streak going. Shawn Michaels got involved to kind of instigate, because Triple H originally says no. Shawn Michaels gets involved, you know, and then obviously the ego of Triple H takes over and says he wants to be the one to beat the streak. Uh, you know, so it, it, you know, it was interesting. You know, Undertaker would call him a coward, Triple H that is, um, you know, kind of comparing... Triple H to Shawn Michaels, which we know, you know, Triple H with the ego, the size that it is. And then finally, Triple H says, yes, we'll do it. Um, Shawn Michaels was the special guest referee in this match. Obviously, Hell in a Cell um, was the only real way you could do it. Um, but the match was the match was really, really better than I think it should have been. Uh, and I think it was aided by the fact, and, and I know, you know, Good commentary doesn't make great matches, but bad commentary is noticeable on a match. Like, I think if you took the same match one way and another way, and you had good to great commentary, and you had average commentary, I think it makes a difference, especially watching it live, obviously, not really. But I think it makes a difference when you're watching it on, you know, on TV and on pay-per-view and on the network. So Jim Ross joins Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler to call this match. Um, at the request of the, both Triple H and The Undertaker, um, which I think is great. 
Um, just a really good match all around. Uh, the Undertaker obviously got hit with multiple pedigrees. He ends up getting hit with a sweet chin music. He gets chair, sledgehammer shots. He eventually hits a tombstone. Triple H kicks out, which was, was insane. I think everyone thought the match was over. Triple H hits another pedigree. Undertaker kicks out. Um, then there was another tombstone. Eventually, Michaels has to hit the 1-2-3. Undertaker goes to 20-0 at WrestleMania. The match itself goes half an hour, um, which was insane. Um, but this WrestleMania itself was pretty pretty short, considering that the World Heavyweight Championship went less than 20 seconds. Um, and then, the, you know, the women's match was, I think, six minutes, and the Intercontinental match was, like, five minutes. Um, the last four matches on the card were, like, 90 minutes long. So... They go a long time. They tell a great story. Um, while it wasn't the most technical match, it was still really, really, really good. Uh, the cell really didn't play a whole lot of, of a factor because you didn't really think that they were going to do like a Mick Foley type spot um, with you know with these three guys. You know, Triple H being COO of the company and Shawn Michaels as the referee and Undertaker already being in, in pretty horrendous physical condition. Um, but again. Uh, you know, it's still a very iconic match in the history of WrestleMania. And I think part of the reason why I had to include it was you can't really have a dream WrestleMania and not in some way, shape, or form include The Undertaker. Um, you know, The Undertaker's streak and his longevity at WrestleMania events, I think, is just, you know, impossible to ignore. I think you have to look at it from a standpoint of you can't have a WrestleMania without an Undertaker. Um, now, obviously, Undertaker with you know his career pretty much over. Um, I think you'll see the Undertaker in some capacity tonight. I don't think it'll be physical, um, but I think you're going to see him. I think again, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like I'm sure the writers in in the WWE creative when they start writing a WrestleMania, I'm sure one of the first things they look at is what do we do with the Undertaker. Um, so it's building a dream WrestleMania from the first 34, you have to have Undertaker on there. And to me, this hell in a cell against Triple H, I think is the best way to utilize the Undertaker, given the restrictions that I have, you know, in terms of planning this out. Next up, uh, the second main event is Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. For the women's championship um, from WrestleMania 32. So this was the end of the Divas championship and the switching over to the uh, women's championship. Now, this match, if I was doing this video or this podcast tomorrow, I'm pretty sure that tonight's uh, Ronda, Becky, Charlotte triple threat will would be on this list. But... I think to me, Charlotte versus Becky versus Sasha has been the best women's WrestleMania match so far. Uh, it was great. Y you you were ushering in this new era of of women's wrestling where they could actually wrestle because um, you know the, the divas for the longest time were not they were not wrestlers they were eye candy. Um, you had the few in there that could actually wrestle a little bit, like like Lita and Trish Stratus and Mickey James, but they were overshadowed by the the good looking who looks were considered more over wrestling ability, and I think it had been that way for a long time. Um, 
But you had this match, this triple threat match, and it was really, really good. You know, they got 16 minutes, um, which I think surprised a lot of people that it went as long as it did. Um, because, again, people were not used to this era of, of women's wrestling. Um, Ric Flair ends up getting involved, uh, holding back Sasha Banks from intervening while Charlotte had the figure eight on um, Becky Lynch. So Charlotte picks up the win and becomes the first WWE women's champion. Uh, I absolutely hate that Ric Flair was involved in this match. I hate, 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 hate it. I understand in a triple threat match that sometimes you have to do things to, to get the third wheel out of the way and make it so that the you know someone can pick up a fall and win. I get that. But I absolutely hate that Ric Flair had to get involved. Find another, like, the fact that you're ushering in this new era of women's wrestling and you have Ric Flair out there being the reason his daughter wins, I get it. It makes a certain modicum of sense. But for me, it just didn't work. But again, it's it's still a great match. It's a great story. Um, it's this. It, it's a very symbolic kickoff of this new era of the way we've treated women's wrestling i think the fact that we're going to have a women's triple threat uh, you know as the first women's championship match four years ago and then tonight we're going to have a women's triple threat match to unify the titles in what could possibly be they're billing it the main event but we always know the main event at wrestlemania doesn't go on last um, but you could have this match go on last tonight so the you know the way this has gone round and round in the last four years is just an amazing thing. Um, so Charlotte versus Becky versus Sasha from WrestleMania 32 um, is our women's championship match. And last but not least, and again, this is another match that it just no surprise whatsoever. We go back to WrestleMania 17 again. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWE championship um again one of those matches that if you look at what it meant at the time wwe f at the time ha had dug itself out of this hole where it was you know being destroyed by wcw um you know had overcome wcw with the attitude era and WCW literally imploding from within. Six days before this event, you had the signing of the documents that, that WWF had purchased WCW. Um, so you had that kind of hanging over the wrestling industry. You had 67, almost 68,000 people in the Astrodome for this event. And you had the two biggest names in wrestling at this time the rock and stone cold steve austin going one on one still to this day the pre-match hype video with the limp biscuit my way song and the whole this the whole four minute video is fucking amazing pardon my language but it is fucking phenomenal it's so good it never has been and never will be topped in terms of a hype video building a match you knew this match was 
as good as it was ever going to get for WWF. You know, they had vanquished their competition. They had the two biggest names, possibly two of the biggest names ever in wrestling, going one-on-one at your biggest show of the year. Again, a lot of people can look at this match and say this was the mountaintop of professional wrestling. And that everything that has come afterwards in the 17, soon to be 18 WrestleManias has been chasing down this one match. It was a generational match. As far as the match itself, it was great. It was the desperation of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the no disqualification um, stipulation. They went 28 minutes. Uh, Eventually, Stone Cold gets the assist from Mr. McMahon. Um... You had the guys stealing each other's finishers in the lead up to this. Um, then in the match itself, uh, Rock hit the stunner. I think Austin hits a rock bottom. Uh, and eventually, with steel chair aid, Stone Cold Steve Austin picks up the win. And I think, and, and Stone Cold has gone on the record at saying this many, 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 many times is his biggest regret in wrestling was not stunning Vince after the match and and showing that he would do whatever it meant to get the championship and then, but then disposing of Vince. Um, I think that would have made for a better post-match story. I think the the heel Austin stuff was crap. Um, I don't think it was very good. Um, then you had the whole two-man power trip afterwards, uh, which was, you know, not great. Um, but, the, you know, the, they were dealing with what they had because The Rock was going to film a movie after that. That's what a lot of people forget. A lot of people say, when they say the whole Stone Cold should have stunned Vince McMahon and stayed a face, um, the problem you have there is Rock is going away, okay? You know the Rock is going to film the Scorpion King after this. So what do you do with that character? The Rock had gotten as hot as he had gotten at that time. What would you have done with the Rock to write him off of TV if you have Stone Cold Steve Austin beat him and Stone Cold, you know, use Vince's help and then and then stun him and stay a face. Because that, it doesn't make sense because then The Rock leaves as a losing face and he leaves with no real purpose to return. Because if you remember, again, the two-man power trip started the next night on Raw. Um, you know, they had a steel cage match. Um, you know, they end up picking up a, a victory. Um, and then The Rock is gone. You know, he gets the quote-unquote suspension. The Rock goes, and he doesn't come back until, like, the end of July. And then he gets involved in the whole invasion angle. He ends up winning the WCW championship. Um, and then eventually, you know, it, this whole thing would come full circle. Rock and Austin would face off again at WrestleMania 19. So you can, you can, you can play devil's advocate all you want with, you know, this mad you you can you really can you know you can play devil's advocate all you want you can say well you know they should have did this they should have did that they should have did this they should have did that 
But none of that really matters because the match itself was so great. Again, you know, with these WrestleMania matches, the build is so important. And, you know, because again, if you're going to sit through four hours of WrestleMania, you have to have some reason to want to be there. The build for this match was amazing. What it stood for was amazing. The symbolism of, of WWE putting their two biggest stars in the main event of their biggest show six days after you know vanquishing their competition um, and then them going out having this absolutely phenomenal match with the swerve at the end of Austin becoming a heel. Everything that happens after that doesn't matter. The match itself stands for what it stands for. And the thing is, when you look at other possibilities of heavyweight championship matches that you could throw in here. There's not really that many. I mean, you think maybe Hogan Andre for the story that it told. Um, you think of maybe Hogan and Warrior from WrestleMania 6, um, which we covered in a previous episode of the podcast. You think maybe the Lesnar, Reigns, Rollins, Money in the Bank cash-in, which I watched going into this because of how wicked that was. But you got to go with Brock Stone Cold. You do. So to recap my dream WrestleMania card in order of matches, um, you have Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Money in the Bank ladder match between Chris Jericho, Mr. Kennedy, Carlito, CM Punk, Shelton Benjamin, John Morrison, and MVP from WrestleMania 24. John Cena versus Big Show from WrestleMania 20 for the United States Championship. Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys from WrestleMania 17. TLC 2 for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, Randy Macho Man Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the Intercontinental Championship from WrestleMania 3. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair from WrestleMania 24 uh, in the Ric Flair career-ending match. Undertaker versus Triple H, Hell in a Cell from WrestleMania 28. Charlotte uh, Flair versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks uh, for the Women's Championship from WrestleMania 32. And in the main event, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWE Championship from WrestleMania 17. That is, ladies and gentlemen, my dream WrestleMania. Again, uh, I love this shit. Please reach out to me and let me know um, matches that you guys wish would be on there. Again, this is really hard to do when you build a nine-match card with all the belts defended and you can only use a wrestler once. But you think, we didn't use Hogan, we didn't use The Warrior, we didn't use Lesnar, we didn't use Angle, um, we didn't use Kane. Uh, there's a lot of guys here that we didn't use. Why I named Kane in there with the rest of those guys, I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize so much. We didn't use the New Age Outlaws in a tag team scenario. Uh, who had some great WrestleMania matches in their own right. Reach out to me, guys. Twitter.com slash SnaggleJ. Discord.Snaggle.Club. Let me know what you guys think, what your guys' dream WrestleMania is. Uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, I hope you guys really enjoy WrestleMania tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be 736 hours long. I'll probably talk about it next Thursday. Um Actually, next week's episode, I will, I will probably do a review of WrestleMania. I know we've gotten a couple uh, wrestling-themed episodes in a row here, but I'll probably do a review of WrestleMania next week, uh, at least for part of the episode. We'll talk about WrestleMania and some other stuff that's going on. But as always, guys, I appreciate you guys subscribing to the podcast. I appreciate you letting me invade your ear holes every week. Um, like I said, I, I'm not planning on doing an episode next week, but if I do, it'll probably be a quick little wrestlemania review type episode we'll do something like that but anyways guys until next time
Peace.